When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Fading Memories is sponsored by I'm Up. I'm Up is an app that gives you independence, security, and peace of mind. Find it in your favorite app store and use invite code 006 when you sign up. Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those of us caring for a loved one with memory loss. Before we get into today's helpful episode, I have a little favor to ask you. Can you make sure to go on Apple Podcasts and rate and review Fighting Memories? This is the best way for new people to find the show, and I can't be a supportive podcast if people don't know I exist. And also, pop over to the website, FadingMemoriesPodcast.com, and sign up for the newsletter. Now that I'm into year two, I've got some exciting things coming out that I would like to share with you, and I don't always have to be yakking in your ear to do that. So if you do those two things, I'd really love it. Now, on to today's show. With me today is Erin Partridge. She is with the Elder Care Alliance, and we're going to talk today on art therapy for older adults. Thanks for being on the podcast with me, Erin. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the invitation. You're welcome. So first off, tell me a little bit about the Alliance and what you guys do there. Sure. So um, I've worked for Elder Care Alliance for about eight years now, um, and I started as an art therapist in one of our communities. We provide housing and services for older adults here in California, um, primarily in assisted living and memory care, although we do have an age-restricted housing apartments as well and one skilled nursing. And then we also are expanding our services, being aware that not everybody wants nor can afford to live in some kind of a care providing setting. So we're looking at how can we take some of the good stuff that we're doing inside of our communities and make it available outside, right? Make it available to people who are aging in place, making it, making it available to people who are receiving supportive services elsewhere. Um, making some of our resources freely available to people and um, out there in the world for everyone to benefit from. Because, um, you know, it's just, uh, we have a long lineage of, uh, of over 100 years uh, of, of serving older adults. And we started serving the, the very poorest older adults in the city of San Francisco. And as assisted living has changed and the, you know, um, demographics of who's living in assisted living has changed, we realized we really need to look at how can we serve everybody better. That makes fantastic sense because one of the reasons, well, my mom 
has, she's in the later stages of Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And I was not mentally, physically, any way, shape, or form ready to take on her 24-hour care needs two years ago when my father died. And one of the things that I liked about her assisted memory care residence was that it had activities. Unfortunately, she's never participated in them much. I think a lot of it is because of the stage that she's in. She's, um, her visual processing is pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Like we go for walks and the shadows on the ground confuse her and it can't convince her to look ahead. I keep telling her if you keep, Wherever you're looking is where you're going to go. So if you're looking at the ground, you might end up on the ground. And I know that's not what you want, but, you know, yeah. kind of talking to myself at that point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, and I think that's been the case the whole time she's been there. It's been, let's see, it's, it's just been about two weeks over two years at this point. So, and I was excited because they do a lot of crafts and she was very creative and did a lot of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, she has, I think she's afraid she cannot do it or she'll do it wrong. And so she just doesn't participate, but she socializes. She's got friends there. She talks to people and that's a lot better than she'd get here living with me because my husband and I still work and my sister has school aged children. So we weren't, we weren't in a position to upend our lives so that she could be with us. Right. 24 seven and it wouldn't have been good for her. So that was why I was interested in your topic of art therapy Mm -hmm. because maybe if we'd started five or 10 years ago, she could have maintained some of those skills a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. So how do you go about providing art therapy and what's the difference between art therapy and, and um, just doing crafts? Great great (laughs) question. So art therapy is a mental health profession and we are, um, the minimum qualifications for an art therapist are a master's degree in art therapy. Um, many art therapists have studied both um, fine art as well as psychology in their undergraduate school, and then they go on to get a master's degree in, in art therapy. And so we use art in the service of, of human life, and that can look a lot of different ways. That can be Um, I'm a person with depression who is struggling with the aging process and I really need to work on the underlying issues of depression and I might work with an art therapist to explore that. Or it could be I'm a normally aging human being and I want to continue to explore and express and and create and art therapy can serve that as well. It's really that full range. We can um, do targeted mental health interventions but we also are here to support human growth and, and potential. So that's what I love about it as a, um, a person who's on the, the positive psychology end of the spectrum where I, I want to see where the potential is. I want to emphasize strengths. Um, and I think especially when working with older adults, um, that can feel a, a whole lot more accessible. Right? We're working on, um, we're, we're just exploring and creating and, and um, there's no... Um, high stakes here and I'm also not diagnosing you I'm not one more person that's coming into this space with a diagnosis or a label Um, and so that's how I have found it very accessible for older adults Um, and then I've worked with people really all the way across the the age and health span so people who um, are just 
in the aging process and everything is kind of, you know, they've got some aches and pains, but they're normal. They're, they're mostly just kind of moving through it. And then people with very advanced Parkinson's, very advanced dementia, um, people who have limited to no vision, um, people with, with other diseases of later life that maybe limit their movement in some way or limit their ability to verbally express, we can express in the art. And um, that's really been uh, the joy of it is, is having people make marks and, and feel connected to others through those marks that they make. Uh, so we do both um, group work and, and individual work and kind of one of a kind. We're just doing a workshop today to I've worked with some people for many, many years. So um, it, it really runs the gamut uh, and has been so fulfilling for me professionally, but also artistically um, because older people see things differently, right? They bring their whole life history to something. And so um, when we're looking at a piece of art together, they're going to see things that I don't see and they're going to bring themes up that I've never thought of. So um, that's been really exciting too. That makes sense. And is that some of the artwork from your, I don't know what you want to call them, yeah, the people that you've worked with back there? Uh, back there, those are mostly either photographs that I've taken or collages or inspiring quotes and stuff there. Okay. Yeah. Um, Aaron's got a wall full of prints and stuff for those people who aren't going to watch this on YouTube, <laughs> which I still don't understand the whole point. Well, I, I know why the podcast should be on YouTube. I don't know why anybody would actually want to go listen and right. to watch us talk, but whatever. Although they might, they would see though my my robot who's back there twirling around. So anyone who I saw that, I wasn't sure what he was. <laughs> so that's uh, he's a social robot. He's back there hanging out. We do. Oh, that's cute. With him. So, how do you start? Where would you start with an older adult? If you like, my ugh, my brain is going into the right brain right mm-hmm. now. I'm an artist too. My photographer and. Where would you start somebody like if you knew, I knew many years ago that my mom was having a lot more daffy moments mm-hmm. as I called them mm-hmm. and she was very creative and artistic and did a lot of different things. Would there have been a way to start her there that might have helped down the road? Mm-hmm. Or what benefits could we have gotten if we'd started her say 10 years ago. So one of the things that you you identified something earlier that I've seen so often that people who have a history of creativity and and interest in the visual arts, very often when they feel like they can't do what they used to do, they stop. Um, And so sometimes all it takes is shifting media. So if they primarily did like fine ink drawings, shifting to using something else, you know, maybe exploring photography, exploring some new type of media. Um, I've also found that um, for people in uh, all along the progression um, with with dementia, um, that bookmaking can be really, really helpful, um, especially as people um, kind of get into the stages where they want to look back through things. Uh, an art journal that they've created and that they're adding to um, can really be this rich um project for them and something that becomes treasured to them and then also in the future treasured to family members. Um, So I'll do things like have them uh, 
either pick a page to start with. And if they can spontaneously do that, we'll do that. But if they're having trouble starting, I'll have a conversation with them and, and have some of their words and put some of their words down on the page and then have them illustrate around that. And so then again, it's like telling them, I, I hear what you're saying and I'm paying attention to the words that you're using. Even if some of the words are a little bit jumbled up, I still hear what you're saying and it's important to me. And then look how important it is to me. We're making some art around these words that you're using. And so that sounds really cool. Yeah. I hope some listeners can, can start that project with their loved ones. Yeah. It's, it's like such it's, a natural fit for something to do with your loved one. It's, it's a great project to do together. Yeah. That would have been cool. <laughs> about 10 to 15 years late for my mom though. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you said you work with people throughout the progression of stages. So mm-hmm. with somebody that's in the middle to advanced stages, what what kind of art projects do you do with them? Mm-hmm. So with them, with them, sometimes uh, it can be a little harder to start. Um, so working in groups can be a little easier because we have that kind of that group energy that can help to propel us along. And if we're all working on something together like if we're sitting around a small table and we have a piece of canvas on the table that we're all working on um, we get the energizing of the eye contact being made across the table and if this person's a little bit drowsy this person can hear in this seat and pick up the slack or maybe they elbow them and bring them back to what we're doing um, but then we're we get at sense of accomplishment of creating something larger Um, so we've done big murals um, we've done lots of projects where we're doing something that's so much larger than any one of us could have done alone Um, so that's been really successful Um, another thing that's really helpful that is such a simple thing but sometimes just putting a border around the edge of a page can be a good starting point for somebody Because if you hand them a blank piece of paper, I mean, to any of us, that can feel a little bit overwhelming. I don't know what to do with this. This is is too empty. It's too blank. I don't have ideas. And just a simple border around the page can help with that. Um, I've I've seen that over and over again. Um, and, And sometimes it's just a simple stimulus. Like we'll start with just one word on the page and just responding to that one word. Um... Things that uh, incorporate nature are also really useful um, because they have that multi-sensory component of there's some touch to it. So doing leaf rubbings and then creating watercolors around the leaf rubbings, uh, doing prints from leaves um, or flowers or other pieces of nature, doing actual nature mandalas where we bring a bunch of flowers and leaves and things in and arrange them on the table and people get to participate in, in the arrangement of it. And then we take a picture. Um, those, those things just, if I'm walking in cold to a place with people that I don't know, those are the types of things that I would do because those are the things that um, they don't need to know me yet or trust me to, to participate. It gives me some ideas. Cause like I said, my mom's visual processing is not great. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's one of her biggest problems. I think it was, well, it was, it was definitely over a year ago. It might even be longer. I was stressed and we were, I was visiting and I'm like, just come over here with other ladies and me. I said, I have, 
pencils and pens and I don't have crayons, but mm-hmm. I have adult coloring book. I said, mom, it's very relaxing. Just, just color with me. Mm-hmm. And she always had black miniature poodles. And so I pulled out the outline, you know, the coloring page of a black, well, it was just the outline, but a poodle, right? which of course wouldn't have been very creative because it was pretty much all one color except for the collar and maybe the mm, tongue. Mm-hmm. Cause like everything on a poodle is black. Right. If they're a black poodle, she could not differentiate between inside the lines mm-hmm. and outside the lines. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I won't harass her to do this again because I can see how that would be frustrating, frustrating. but yeah. really loves to go out. We'll just take a walk. We're really blessed. We've got two regional parks nearby. Oh, one of which wonderful. is, um, well, it's, it's at Mount Diablo, mm-hmm. which you're probably familiar mm-hmm. with. Yep. You're in Southern California right now, right? Um, Bay area. Oh, okay. Yep. So am I, so we're in the same, same mountain range yep. basically. <laughs> and we, so we go out to black diamond mines oh, and okay. walk. Um, so I'm wondering if just bringing, paper and just like putting a branch on and then adding leaves or if there's something really simple that I could do that she would enjoy mm-hmm. or even you know because you take her with you when you go out there mm-hmm. yeah so even if you all if you two got if you got a, a sketchbook and every time you go out you do a rubbing from a leaf and um or you actually glue you could even glue the leaf in there tape the leaf in there and then write down what did we see today or what was what were our emotion words when we were out here on this nature walk and and create this book together that she could either keep or you could bring it back for when it's rainy and you can't go out you can look back through it um you know maybe even including some printed out pictures um, but things on the page that would have some texture to them so she could feel it, um, but would also be this, um, this touchstone, this thing that, that um, is like we've shared some experiences together. That would be, I think I'll definitely try. It's supposed to be really nice next week. Oh, good. Yeah. Which is good. Yesterday we went to the dog park and thankfully she made a comment about, she gets to the point where I think she's a little tired mm. or mentally yeah she's mentally done and she made a comment something about leaving and then I asked her a question she says well whatever we do I have to go to the bathroom I'm like well that's the clue because yeah. there was no there's no public bathrooms at this dog park mm-hmm. about the time I piled her and the three golden retrievers into the car it started raining okay so we got very lucky I almost didn't do the dog park because it'd been kind of sort of dripping a little bit during the day. Right. But she just loved that. Yeah. And other than the fact that it looks like a dog exploded in the my car. <laughs> she has just all fur in the whole car. Yeah. You know, I don't mind doing that. It was great because there was another dog there. My youngest, the other dog's owner would throw the ball and he would chase it and my dog would chase him. So when we got home, he was done. He was tired. Yeah. He's almost two. So that, that was Still a puppy. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's a little he's he's a little wild he's he's a he's a love but she loves looking at trees in the sky mm-hmm. and when we go out to black diamond mines you know part of the mountains were created from you know earthquakes and volcanoes so they're really pointy and steep and they're very impressive and so she's always saying it's amazing yeah. that's her word yeah her her vocabulary for emotion words isn't huge mm-hmm. at all but I'm hoping we can go back Monday. And so I think I will 
I'll get a little book and yeah, you just put the leaf rubbings, you just rub the leaf on the paper. So you put the leaf underneath the page behind it and then turn a crayon on its side or a colored paper on color. Like you would do a grave rubbing, like similar okay. kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. That'll be cool. I'm definitely going to try that yeah, because good. I think she might enjoy that. I talked to somebody or no, I read something about it was more of a mindful exercise mm-hmm. where you just, you know, like close your eyes and drew on a piece of paper or used paint. And I thought I've been tempted to try that with her, mm-hmm. but sometimes she just throws the brakes on so hard yeah. that you think, Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's, you can't screw it up. Just here, finger paint with your eyes closed mm-hmm. and feel. Mm-hmm. And I just, I try not to make her visit start out with frustration. So I've been hesitant to try that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe if I talk to the caregivers, we can incorporate that into the group activity one of these days. Yeah, you know, the the tricky thing about finger painting is it can be really regressive for people. So if there are any people in the setting who have early childhood trauma or who are kind of living there in their minds right now, it can be really triggering for them because tactile finger finger paint feeling um, can be pretty distracting for some people. So I, I would just be a little careful around finger painting in particular. That's a that's a very interesting point. Mm-hmm. Um, I like your suggestion. So do you with the people in later stages, do you work with them in groups too? Sometimes. Um, so what I've done with um, some of our very, very later stage people is do like a a sensory art therapy group where we're feeling different fabrics and materials and things like that. Um, we've done some weaving, um, which uh, was actually what this remarkable moment. So I put um, a skein of yarn in this woman's hands and I was weaving next to her on a big, I made a loom out of a hula hoop and we were weaving on, on this hula hoop loom and I handed her the skein of yarn and she immediately took it and kind of took the hula hoop loom away from me and started weaving. I mean, perfectly over, under, over, under. And this is a woman who needed complete assistance with eating. It could not bring her fork to her mouth. And yet here she is weaving. And so I was watching her for a while, just like, this is remarkable. We ended up talking to her daughter and her daughter said, oh, well, you know, she grew up in Ireland. She's been weaving her entire life. So this motion, right, this over-under motion is something that was so deeply connected to who this person is as a human being. So it was incredible. Um, And then another man who would also come to that group, again, um, pretty high care needs, uh, and, and really didn't speak much at all, but he, I would have him hold the yarn and kind of spool it out to me as I was weaving. And um, he started getting kind of playful about it. Like I would pull on it a little bit and he'd put some out and then he'd pull it a little bit back and then get this big smile on his face. So it was, it was great because kind of from the outside, people might look at that group of people and say, well, what's an art therapist them and why why are you doing this and it was like no we're 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 being playful we're like things are happening here um so it's just always really exciting to to see that and if it's a if it's a group of people where there are people at different stages of I'm very intentional about making sure to include everybody in the group and and again to kind of bring 
bring their responses to the group. So if someone is not able to speak because they have aphasia, I'll have them touch and feel whatever we're doing and, um, and say aloud to the group, oh, you know, I noticed that Bob um, lifted his eyebrows when he felt this rough paper, you know? So I'm saying to the group, you, you, he might not be able to tell us this is rough paper, but his body language is signaling that to us. And so it's, it's kind of bring, uh, maintaining his dignity and also telling everybody else, I, I see you too. Um, and as, as this progresses, like you will still be seen. That makes sense. I like to do little activities, adventures with my mom, like the dog park or the mm-hmm. regional park, because it doesn't necessarily give us more to talk about. It gives us something different mm-hmm. and it's easier to be peaceful with each other because you're looking at the nature and appreciating like we went out, I guess it was three weeks. It'll be three weeks on Monday, two weeks ago. Yeah. Like last week was the library. So the week before that was the regional park Mm -hmm. and you know, it was warm and it was nice and it's just, you can just kind of appreciate what you're looking at. Whereas if I sit with her, in her room, she goes into very rote language of yeah. just, so what have you been up to today? How's the family? And I could tell her how the family is. I could tell her how the neighbor's family is. She has no idea who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after 20 minutes of that, you just want to bang your head on the wall. And, you know, it doesn't, it's, you know, it's, everybody understands that's no fun. So I find she doesn't repeat herself when we're out walking, I think because she's concentrating on not tripping over the shadows. Mm-hmm. She's always trying not to step on her own shadow too, which is hysterical. And she'll even tell you that she knows, she says, oh, I look at the shadow on the ground and I think I shouldn't step on it. Then I realize it's mine, which is about as much communication as I get. That's like a really long sentence for mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm always looking for other other ways to tap into who she was. Mm-hmm. We've been on this journey for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I, we're around 20 years. Okay. And she's only 76, so we could have another 10, yeah. according yeah. to the neurologist. And so it's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, can't, I can't answer the same questions over and over again for another 10 years. I will lose my mind. Well, I think, I think you're, um, you're exactly right that this kind of going somewhere and having a shared experience as opposed to just kind of revisiting, rehashing the same thing over and over, then you are able to, like you said, be in peace, be at peace when you're sitting there in the dog park, having this in the moment experience, because that in the moment experience of the dog park doesn't require her to remember the name of each specific dog breed that's there and every dog that you've ever had and the names of each of those dogs, right? It doesn't require any of that. It just requires a place for us both to sit and, and dogs to be here to entertain us, right? Um, you know, there can be really fabulous similar experiences in um, like art museums and galleries too. Have you tried that with her since she has an interest in creativity no because taking her very far in the car is not pleasant at all right we're well i've thought about taking her on the bart train into the city Mm -hmm. but i don't know i get a little bit nervous yeah so with those longer trips yeah yeah Yeah. um i should 
I should take her. We have a gallery here in town. Mm -hmm. I think I'll take her there the next Monday that it's raining. Yeah. The rate we're going, I think we're going to have rain forever. I know, right? It's it's wild. <laughs> I mean, we need it and it's great, but it's uh, it's a lot of rain. Yeah. Yeah. So like going into a gallery space, even, you know, even if it's like the local coffee shop has some art up on the walls, um, it can be such an interesting opportunity to engage in creative play with somebody and again it's like all I need is right here in this moment right so if I'm looking at the thing on the wall what do I notice about it do I like it if I don't like it what don't I like about it right the I don't like it art can actually be really interesting and spur a lot of conversations um and uh there's there's it's just like this great conversation prompt and it's a centering point right so instead of going into the loop and asking you questions that I've already asked you several times today you and I both are having this new experience of looking at this piece of art that we've never seen before um so it, it and I you know I think the other thing is don't be afraid to ask for a chair in the gallery because they've got them um and it's perfectly reasonable for folks to ask for chairs um, in galleries and museums and say you know what I want to sit down here with my mom and enjoy this piece of art a little bit longer to have a chair that we can chairs that we could both sit in to stay here a little longer well that's super excellent advice to the gallery that's here in town, I know most of the people that run it, mm -hmm. so I wouldn't feel too embarrassed about asking for a chair. Yeah. But for people who aren't in my town mm -hmm. or don't know the gallery owners, yeah. uh, that's a very excellent advice. I like to take her, like, when it, when it was colder, we'd go to Pete's Coffee and Tea. Mm -hmm. She likes to watch people. Mm -hmm. I guess, I don't know, different people watching is more stimulating than the people that she's with all the time right. and she loves to watch kids. That's why we went to the library last week mm -hmm. because it was on and off rain and the kids were on spring break. And I asked my husband whose office is next door. I'm like, can you go over and see if there's a kid activity going on? And you know, mom can just watch the kids. I had to be careful because one day somebody asked me what we were doing. And I said, Oh, we're going to go look for some kids to watch. And then I realized <laughs> I sounded like a creep. <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 not like that. <laughs> You know, being a mom and a grandma, she likes to watch the little kids. Yeah. And so then we went to the library and there was twin girls running around. They were so cute. Oh, cute. And she just loved to watch them. And, you know, fortunately, you know, because obviously that's not my idea of a good time. And I didn't plan ahead to get a book off the shelf that I could just look at. Or um, I have a really a, two books that are called two lap books. Mm -hmm. They've got beautiful illustrations per page and like one sentence like I love to feel the sunshine on my face and it's a beautiful drawing of a lady sitting in the sun an mm -hmm. older lady I could have brought those with me and but it was kind of last minute plan so we just watched the little kids run around and then we went and got a snack and then we went we had to get our shoes so <laughs> yeah so tell me what other kinds of um art you do with maybe people that are earlier in the stages mm -hmm. So we do, um, we do self-portraits, um, we do, uh, which is really interesting. Um, some, some people, uh, think of themselves as, um, you know, their, their mental idea of themselves is, is many decades earlier. And so sometimes, um, being confronted by themselves in a mirror 
is not the greatest thing. So sometimes we'll do self-portraits without looking, right? So what, what are important things about you? Um, and doing more of an abstract or metaphoric self-portrait with collage. So it's not really trying to create a representation of my face. It's more trying to create something that tells the world about me in some way. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, that can be really great in, um, uh, I mean, it's great information for those of us who are working with them who aren't family because we learn a little bit more about people. Um, But it's also great for families because sometimes it's interesting, like, oh, I never knew that that was important to you. Or it's interesting that you've left out this thing in your life. And, you know, you never want to quiz somebody or kind of interrogate them about what they have or haven't included. But sometimes I will ask some questions about, oh, you know, I see you put a a tea kettle here. Can you tell me more about what that tea kettle means to you? Um, And and a lot of times you'll get interesting stories about each of those things. Um, Yeah, but we just, you know, we we explore a lot of different types of materials, uh, a lot of different ways of working. I think that uh, working on things together in groups can be really, really powerful. Um, And then we also do a lot of uh, art for, so I have a whole chapter in my book that's about um, art with a greater purpose to it. So art that's um, either connecting to um, social issues or um, art that is intergenerational in some way and is connecting people to um, being able to tell their story to younger generations. Um, And those experiences have been really, really powerful for everybody involved. I'm sure. Do you have suggestions? Because a lot of the guests that I've talked to are kind of one-on-one taking care of a parent Mm -hmm. like one gal um, I read her blog and she's with her mom kind of 24 7 and it's it fascinates me how different each person is I mean I understand why everybody's brain is different everybody's personalities are different so the disease affects them differently is there something you know I know one of the things is the the grinding repetition of taking care of somebody whose memory is terrible. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it affects our brains. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, Mm -hmm. after being with my mom for a couple of hours, it's like, I'm done. I can't do this. And it takes me the rest of the evening to kind of reacclimate back into my world. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I don't have to deal with her 24 seven. So I'm, I'm kind of looking for suggestions that maybe somebody could do with their loved one at home Mm -hmm. to just, break up the monotonous routine that Mm -hmm. we end up in? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, something that um, I've done with families in the past with family members um, and, and it's so simple, right? You don't need art skills to do this, but it can be something that can really uh, turn into something greater. So tracing your hands on the same piece of paper. So the person that you're providing care for and the person who's providing care, whether it's a, um, you know, son or daughter or granddaughter or great-granddaughter um, or great-grandson or great-grandson or and um, tracing hands on a piece of paper and then adding color to it. And so it's something that then again, you've not given someone a blank piece of paper and they can, um, you've, you've put some shapes onto that page. And then you can um, 
add in, you know, some other lines, whether it's lines connecting fingertips to fingertips, or uh, maybe there's overlapping hands there and adding color to it. Um, but just that, that process of putting your hand down and having the other person trace your hand, um, again, it's a connection, it's a slowing down, it's a right now in this moment, um, and, and can turn into something that, that ends up being a really beautiful piece of art. I think one of my favorite experiences with tracing someone's hand one time is we were tracing all around her fingers and she had pretty bad arthritis. So she had um, big, big bumps on her knuckles and she was describing to me how ugly her fingers were and they're so bumpy. And I, I was saying, no, oh, you know, they, our hands kind of pick up the history of our lives and they tell our stories and they can be, you know, really, really powerful symbols. And once we got finished tracing her hand, she lifted her hand up and she looked down at the paper and she said, oh, it looks just like me. <laughs> I love that because it's, you know, it's true. Our hands, our hands tell our stories. Um, and so doing something like that could be a really great exploration that people could do together and could kind of trace hands together, maybe make some other lines on the page and then have the, the person living with dementia work on adding color to it while you're doing some other things, right? Because then you've got some structure on the page that they can add to. And then if you're working with somebody who can't see well, um, you could trace your hands onto fabric and cut out pieces of fabric and, ha and glue that on the page so it's got a texture to it. So it's something they can feel. Right. So there's there's different ways that you could adapt it. And my mom loved to sew when my sister and I were growing up. Mm -hmm. And so we went to the fabric store once. I needed something for a project I was working on, but it, you're giving me an idea to just go and just feel all the different kinds of fabric. Yes. Because the store out here is huge and you can walk from the front to the back, from the cottons to the home decor fabric. And the, like the dressy, you know, formal fabrics are like in the middle. So you yeah. really get kind of a sensory. I think I might try that one too. Yeah. That'd be I'm not great. wishing for more rain, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, there's, it, she just seems like after the dog park, when we were in the car, she kept saying, oh, that was such a great day. Mm -hmm. And I think it was like an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that makes me feel so good yeah. because... She doesn't express appreciation for a lot of stuff. Like when I used to do her nails, it was just like, yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> you did my nails great. So getting that appreciation is nice. It's amazing how much we still need it from our parents, yep. even though we're, yep. you know, my daughter's an adult. And what is it? When we went to the regional park, she said that. I think she said that about the library. So these little jaunts are really helpful. Yes. But I know it's harder for some people, like my mom walks just fine, except for trying not to trip over shadows. So we, I don't have to worry so much about transporting her. Mm -hmm. There was a gal, it was fun at the dog park yesterday because my mom ended up talking with another gal, older woman, who I don't think was as, she was not cognitively, cognitively with it, like, some of the rest of the world. And I ended up talking to another gal who is a photographer, a dog mom and a cyclist, which is what I am. Wow. <laughs> and so I'm talking to this one gal. My mom's talking to this other gal. The dogs are running around. I mean, it was just, that's great. It was, you know, except for the stupid rain it was perfect. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, because so we'll definitely, you do need those breaks, you know, and so whether it's, um, you know, go be, when you can get out to be able to get out and go do something together. But if it's, you know, my grandmother was the primary caregiver for my grandfather through the end of his life at home. And it was really, really, really hard on her. And she didn't have um, some support at, in the evenings until probably the last three months of my grandfather's life. And she talked about the how bored she was. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I'm just so bored, Erin, when I talked to her. And so um, we started, I started talking with her about like switching up their routine because, you know, for the 15 years prior, they had always ate their breakfast in the same spot, their lunch in this spot and their dinner, right? And so do we, I said, try some, try having a picnic in this other room for lunch today, right? Like do something different, get a change of scenery. And so even if you're within the same four walls of the house or an apartment, um, what can you do that make, that give you at least a little taste of this? We're doing something special today. We're doing something different today. Um, it, it can really be a, a refresher for um, both the person providing care as well as the person living with dementia. Like, oh, yeah. that's like, we're doing something different. Yeah, that's actually really good. But I was thinking you were going to say a picnic in the backyard. Yeah, that's even um, better. If you can make that happen, awesome. But, you know, some people that's not, they're not able to or they don't have access or it's freezing cold and raining. So we yeah. have a picnic um, in, in the dining room or... And in the by the in the family room, looking out the window at the birds, right? What can, how can we get some of that feeling? Because I think awesome. it's the, the day after day, same thing problem that that uh, can be really difficult for people, and that's part of why creativity can be so useful is because it shakes things up a little bit. It breaks up the monotony. Well, do you have suggestions? Because I know a lot of men don't want to do artsy craftsy things because that's not the way they're wired, especially, you know, the older generation. So do you have suggestions for them that might be a little bit more palatable to their egos? You know, obviously I'm thinking all the stuff with fabric might be a serious turnoff. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've really not encountered too much pushback. I did have a little bit of um, an interesting experience with one man because at one of our assisted livings, the art studio room was unfortunately painted the like most hideous color of bubblegum pink. Oh my. Into this room. And he happens to walk in on a day when we're doing a jewelry group. So he walks in, he sees like 12 ladies sitting around the table making necklaces in a pink room. And he's like, this is not for me. (laughs) Um, But I can understand why he would think that. (laughs) So, but you know, we've had, I've had a lot of um, men and male identified people who has been, um, really active in the art therapy groups again because the focus is on creativity as opposed to um, production of some kind of craft um so that's been a useful um window in um and because a lot of times i'll tie it to nature and so that those with an interest in science will get interested in what we're doing um, so that's a good way in so any of those things i was talking about beliefs and the nature ideas those those have been really well received by um, the men and male identified people that I've worked with. Um, And, you know, I think don't get afraid of sculpture and construction and uh, building things. So um, 
we 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 built a whole like scale model of a city one time in in one of our memory care units. It was mostly mostly the guys and I doing it, um, and then using things like masking tape, like getting out the masking tape and making paper sculptures. That pairing of the masking tape masking tape sound, um, using the materials that people are comfortable with, that can be another really useful way in. What did you build the the model of the city out of cardboard boxes and um, uh, like toilet paper rolls and all sorts of things. But we had a clock tower and we had a, all sorts of different buildings for people to live in. So yeah, it's cool. That sounds really cool. Yeah. The, the activities they do where my mom lives, pretty much coloring puzzles, bingo. I don't pay that much attention anymore because she's completely disinterested. Mm-hmm. Although when, there was another gal's mom. She was my mom's neighbor. Her daughter would get my mom to do the activities, whereas I would suggest it and say, oh, this looks like fun. Why don't we do this together? I would just get the roadblock. Like, right. no, uh-uh. <laughs> and I didn't push because I know that's not a good idea. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to hear the ideas that you guys have implemented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing I'll say is... It, um, not fast. It doesn't happen quickly, um, which is, I think, why a lot of places default to things like bingo and trivia and puzzles because they kind of are low stakes and they put them out and they don't have to think about them too much. This idea of introducing creativity, sometimes it takes people a little while, but what, um, what I've seen over and over again is it's infectious. So if I'm working on something weird and interesting, people start paying attention and they start coming over and they start getting involved. And as soon as we've got like two people that are invested in something that we're doing and we're laughing and we're joking and more people start coming, right? So um, it sometimes, uh, it, like, so if we're thinking about doing this in the home, um, if I'm in the house, I'll, I might sit very close to somebody and be working on something and kind of just having a conversation as I'm doing it, I'm weaving or building something, um, and then ask them to hold something for me while I'm working on it. So I'm slowly getting them involved in it um, and interested in what we're doing. Maybe I'll ask their advice. What do you think? Should I put this here? Or should I put this over here on this side? And um, I'm slowly getting them involved in this idea of we're making something together. That sounds cool. And I've got ideas for the nature projects with my mom. Because like I said, she's advanced enough. You know, when I try to bring her into what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. and it hasn't necessarily been creative, but, you know, after two minutes, she's like, what am I doing again? Why are we doing this? what are we doing? You know, it's just, it's, it gets super frustrating Mm -hmm. when she was, she she's been in the memory care for two years. So she was there about six months and I wanted to help her create something for the three grandchildren. Mm -hmm. My daughter is 27. My niece is 13 and my nephew's almost 10. So I thought, you know, it was, I, I, I found a very simple craft that you can't screw up and I would tell her, okay, use this, you know, use this color. Okay. Why don't you switch to this color? And she, Oh my gosh, it was, was not at first I said here, 
pick the three colors that you like. Mm -hmm. And that was a challenge. This was before that I, I really fully understood. Like you almost want to say her vision is really bad, but it's not her vision. It's the processing. Yeah. And she kept uh, fussing over. Well, I don't want to screw it up. I'm like, you can't screw it up. Watch. And then I'd screw it up. And then we were basically working with, um, alcohol and ink pens. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. The cheap version of alcohol inks. And so I would just show her, it's like, you can't screw this up because you can just erase it with this. Took off the over, you know, the overdraw. And oh my goodness, it was, it was work to get her to do three six inch tiles. Mm -hmm. And we didn't do them all on the same day. I think we did two one day and a third one another day. Just, it was like a heart colored in. And then I did the alcohol part and it was, oh my gosh, it was exhausting. And I would do them with her. I would do my own and, and I would tell her, oh, at home I've done this elaborate flower and blah, blah, blah. And it was just, it wasn't relaxing at all. Right. So I haven't ventured into the crafts again. Mm-hmm. And I tried to get her to sign it. And this was before, like I said, before I realized, I did not realize she couldn't sign her name anymore. So I, I managed to get her, I wanted her to write Grandma Diane. And I think I got three initials and I know two of them have initials and I'm not sure what the third one was. I tried really hard, Yeah, but it was like, okay, the writing of her name was way too much. That stressed her out. But I think if we just collect like sticks and I don't know if there's any flowers out there yet, who knows? Maybe after this, see, I think it's supposed to be nice this weekend. Yeah. So maybe after this weekend, there'll be some, some little weed flowers popping up. We can just collect them and then just attach them to yeah. the canvas and, and go from there. Just something super simple that doesn't require a lot of visual processing. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. tactile, like you said. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. Okay. So listeners will have to watch and see, watch my social media posts and see if we post something about yes. it or if it turns into a creative disaster. <laughs> So tell me really quickly about your book and where people can get it. Sure. It's called Art Therapy with Older Adults Connected and Empowered. And it's uh, available anywhere you can buy books online. Um, so Amazon, any, any of those sources. Um, and it is a book about and for art therapists, but really it's accessible to anybody. So the way that I've written it is broken into um chapters around uh, different topics and themes and it has a lot of examples of um, the work that that I've done longer stories related to some of the ones that I've shared today with you and um, it's uh, really changing how we think about work with older adults because much of the work in the past has been you know, bingo and puzzles and trivia. And what we're thinking about in the future is how do you continue to live and grow and thrive uh, all the way to the very last days of your life. Well, I will definitely link, do the Amazon link in the show notes. So anybody that's interested can just click through and order it or they can go to their library and get it maybe. Yeah. Um, That sounds, I mean, there's, I've learned so much. I've been doing this podcast. Today is April 2nd. This will come out in May. So by the time this comes out, it'll be a little bit over a year. And I have learned so much. That's awesome. And there are times I wish, not that I want to do this journey any longer than necessary, but I wish that we had known all this stuff 10 and 15 years ago because I think there was a lot of help for people like my mom. Right. 
that might have made this part of her life a little bit more enjoyable. Maybe the visual processing would not have deteriorated quite as much if she'd been able to do hand-eye coordinating kind of things like mm-hmm. art. And, mm-hmm. and I know she would have enjoyed it. So even if it didn't benefit her disease progression, it would have helped her mind. Yeah. In the, you know, from the happiness standpoint and satisfaction and, you know, I like I, I, it makes me hopeful for the future. And my listeners know that my mom is the third generation that's had no memory at the end of her life. So my sister and I have to be the generation that doesn't have that problem. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, but I, you're also go ahead. doing a beautiful service for people who are out there in the world, at the very, very early stages of finding this out about their families. So like you having these conversations with people and asking these questions, coming from a place of knowledge, coming from a place of like, I've seen what this has been like over these last 15 years. Like, this is an incredible service that you're doing for the world. Oh, thank you. My goal originally was, and this is going to sound a little bit much, but I felt that I'd been on this journey a long time with her. And after my dad died, I ended up almost by accident at the Alzheimer's Association's website. I was looking for a caregiver support group, which I do attend. Mm-hmm. And there is so much information. And I've made the analogy. It's like there's this little tiny door Once you find this little tiny door and you go through it, there's this vast quantity of information and support and services. But if you don't know where to start to look, and I'm actually an Alzheimer's Association advocate, a state advocate. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to give people the information that I wished I'd had 15 years ago. That way, you know, maybe my dad, might've had a more enjoyable last five years of his life. Cause I'm sure dealing with his chronic illnesses and her Alzheimer's, I'm sure that didn't do him any favors. Right. right. I think he just got tired and kind of gave up. Yeah. So I would, I'm trying to, I thought I had a lot of information and then I found more and I wanted to share it and I've learned so much, but that's what my anniversary episode will be about or cool. is about because cool. when this comes out, that one will already be out is all of the things that I've learned by talking to people like you. It's been fantastic. Oh, that sounds awesome. So do you have any last bit of advice before I let you go? Um, I think my last bit of advice is even if you don't think that art is for you or art is for your family member, give it a try. Um, Go do something creative. Go explore something creative. If you find a painting in a magazine that you hate and you think it's not art put it on the wall and and sit there in two chairs and say this is why we don't like this piece of art these kinds of conversations are, are good for our brains as they just stimulating ourselves through creativity and um it's, it can bring laughter it can bring tears it can bring joy um it's it's a lot of fun so um don't be afraid to explore your creative side and the creative side of your family member no matter what stage of dementia they might be living in i think analyzing a painting or a print or something that you don't like would almost be easier uh-huh. because like i know there's times when my mom brings out like she just says silly things like and her humor comes out mm-hmm. we were waiting for a very long time at the neurologist's office and I don't remember how we got on the topic about singing and we can't carry a tune if you give us a handle. So singing is not something we do. And 
I'm trying to remember if it was before Christmas. No, it was, I think it was after Christmas, but we got, maybe it was what was playing on the, you know, in the ceiling. And I said something to the effect of, well, you want to sing? And she, she laughed and she made a comment about how that would probably not sound good. And I said, well, if they think we're howling in pain in here, maybe they'll hurry the heck up. <laughs> and she laughed and I thought, okay, that was pretty funny. So yeah. I could just see her saying, well, I don't like that because it's butt ugly. Yes, <laughs> something just, She might not be able to, to um, articulate why she doesn't like it, mm-hmm. but she'll come up with some kind of goofy thing to yeah. say about why. But if you ask them, why do you like it? I can see that almost being more challenging. Mm-hmm. Then you have to come up with like a real reason. Yeah. Yeah. Not, and not that it's. I think that's what I love about art and, and about creative practices is there's really no wrong answer. You know, there's like, if you're in an art history class, there's a right answer to when this thing was painted, but we're not in art history class. We're just in the world and we can make up whatever title we want for this piece. And we can make up whatever story we want for what's represented in the art and uh, be really fun. So. Well, you've definitely given me a couple of ideas for a couple of outings, go to the gallery here in town bring a sketchbook with us to the regional park. So that's, that gives me some things to work on in the near now that we're, we're into spring and getting into summer. I very much appreciate this conversation this afternoon and I will, I look forward to talking to you again. Yes. Wonderful. Have a good week. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. I want to remind you If you need help right this minute, you have a question you need answered right now, you can contact the Alzheimer's Association 24-7 hotline. Their phone number is 1-800-272-3900. Thanks for tuning in to Fading Memories. And as always, I'll be in your ears again next Tuesday. Coming up in just a sec is a promo from another podcast that you might find helpful. It's called Ang Zenity, and it's about a gentleman who's been through all types of mental health struggles and how he managed to come out the other side. And it's a way for you to find ways that you can do better with your mental state. And I know caregivers need that. So I hope you enjoy. And if you like it, give it a listen. Do you or someone you know struggle through life with anxiety-related mental disorders? Ever get that feeling that you are one of the few? I'm here to tell you that you are not alone. Take a journey with me as I talk about key points in my past and how they may have led to me being diagnosed with anxiety and panic disorder. After which, we will talk about different ways to tone down the anxiety and maybe even beat it together on anxiety. The easiest way to remember the name is by thinking about how one searches for a state of zen in the midst of the anxieties of life. My name is Gerald, and I'm the host of Anxenity. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. 
Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.